Welcome to the Art of Volunteering. I'm your host, Stormy Bell. Today, we welcome Benjamin Baham from the 8th Ward Volunteer Fire Department in the Pajo Parish of Louisiana, and he's going to correct me on how to say that, and I'm totally okay with that. He's a firefighter and an EMS officer. Ben, please introduce uh, yourself, share a little bit about your journey, and correct my pronunciation. Oh, you're fine. Hey, I'm uh, Ben Baham. I'm a, a firefighter paramedic with 8th Ward Volunteer Fire Department in Tanchapahoe, Louisiana. So, <clears throat> um, volunteer firefighting uh, has been kind of like a family thing for me. So me and my wife actually get to do it together. Um, our, our, we have a five-year-old who's involved kind of with that other little second family. So it's, uh, it's really been a, a blessing for our family to be able to do that. Um, my journey with, <clears throat> excuse me, my journey with volunteerism kind of started um, in high school. I went to EMT school at night when I was in high school. And uh, after I got out, I started working in the ER and I, I was thinking I wanted to go to nursing school. And I, I wanted to actually use my EMS certification. Um, so my ROTC instructor in high school was one of the uh, training officers at a local volunteer fire department said, come on over. So that's, that's kind of where it got started. Um, so there's, there's been a lot of connected stories and a lot of really good stuff that, uh, uh, you know, meeting the right people, having the right mentors that kind of guided me on my journey. And hopefully that'll continue to go that direction. And, and uh, I can also be mentors to other people as well. Awesome. Now, do you volunteer now or are you um, on staff? So I do both. So I'm a, a career firefighter at Mandeville Fire and EMS. Um, so that I, I've been a career firefighter for two years. So uh uh, usually that's kind of a, a something you want to get in when you're young, uh, but I've just <laughs> apparently about two years ago I decided that I needed to start my career as a as a firefighter, so um, which has really been an amazing journey. Uh, so the the kind of thing that always pulled me away from doing the career firefighting is um, Louisiana and Mississippi are tied for fiftieth in firefighter pay, so it's it's really hard to make a decent living as a career firefighter in Louisiana. Um, but I found a, a department that, um, through certain programs allowed me the opportunity to be able to do what I wanted to do as a, as a career and, uh, be able to use it to benefit me in the volunteer aspects. That's awesome. So, um, when we were getting ready for the podcast, you, you do a lot, uh, of <laughs> within your volunteer. Hearing. Uh, can you share a little bit about that, like what you are involved with? Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so I, I really do do a lot. I'm not going to say like I'm a big, I, I would say if I was uh, the master of something, it would it would be like the EMS stuff. Um, so I've always been very interested in uh, all the medical aspect. Um, so I am the EMS officer at 8th Ward Fire Department. Um, I've previously been a captain. At one point, I was one of the, uh, the training chiefs. Um, I'm a certification evaluator for uh, for the the state fire academy. Um, I, I do a lot of other instruction stuff. I'm a state EMS uh, instructor. I also work uh, part time at the national EMS academy. Um, so I'm not trying to brag on it, but there's so much stuff that when you call nine one one, you're expecting someone to come fix your problem, right? But there's an infinite number of problems out there, so firefighters have to be very adaptive and very well-rounded. Um, so you, usually uh, to have an effective firefighter, you want to have someone who's able to 
uh, at least be helpful on everything. But usually people will try to pick, pick one thing that, hey, I want to be the guy to go to if this is a problem. Um, so, so, so there is a lot to it, a lot of rescue certifications. Uh, just the, the, the firefighter certification alone, the, the minimum firefighter certifications over 200 hours of training. Um, I figured it up last year to meet the very minimum qualifications uh, that most people have. And this is like the bare minimum low uh, to be able to work. And it should be the same qualifications to be a volunteer. It's like 320 hours, you know, so, <laughs> so there is a lot to it. There is a lot to it. Talk to, uh, you were, when we, again, when we were getting ready for the interview, you were telling me about a, like an initiative that you're doing in the rural communities, bringing them up to like current standards. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so um, when I started at 8th Ward, um, th there were no firefighters that had any of the industry certifications for firefighting hazmat. Um, we, we had guys that had EMS certifications, but the state requires you to have an EMS certification for, uh, before you're able to obtain your license to be able to work um, in EMS, like to be able to provide any patient care, you have to be licensed. Um, so we, we did have some guys that were uh, at the emergency medical responder level and some guys are at the, the EMT level. Um, but all the firefighting stuff was, uh, it's left up to the authority having jurisdiction as to what the standards are. And each end, well, most departments uh, are the body or the authority having jurisdiction to so make those standards. Um, so there, there's a lot of stuff that goes into bringing rural, rural departments um, kind of up to where we would hope to be. Uh, to be able to provide the services to the community that they deserve, and also for us to be safe as well. So it, it there, there's there's a lot that goes into it, um, and I, I can tell you, uh, if you're ever looking just to donate money or monetary value, uh, if you give that to your local fire department, there is an opportunity to get a kind of some some payback on that. Um, so that that's one of the only things that you can do to reduce your insurance is having a better fire department. So how much you pay on your homeowner's insurance, or if you have a business, your business insurance, all that is going to be based off of the rating for your fire department. So a better rated fire department gets you low, low, lower costs. <laughs> so that, that's I a big goal as well, is to have a good rating. Um, so that, that should mean that we're providing good services to our community. Uh, but it, it's also us doing our part to, to give back to them, not just when they have an emergency, but just us giving back and doing our, doing our job and being better. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you find that your communities embrace the work that you're doing? Are they very supportive of you? Yeah. Uh, so we, we are still kind of a rural community. We're growing very fast. Um, so <laughs> our, our fire department, I think it was two years ago, um, uh, the state told us we were the fastest growing fire, to, fire district in Louisiana. So we're, our population's exploding. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's, uh, our, deme our demands are quickly increasing. Uh, I think when I started at eighth ward, our call volume was about, I think it was around 400 calls a year and now we're averaging over a thousand. So it's, it's picking up quite a bit. Um, so with all the other demands that you have on firefighters and maintaining their certifications and doing their training and everything else that's required of them, uh, they also have to go on all these emergency calls, right? So yeah, it, it can be quite taxing on all those guys to often be busy. Uh, so our department is, when I got on, was a completely volunteer department. There were no paid guys whatsoever. Um, we're 
uh, we've transitioned to what they call a combination department, which is where you have um, some guys who are paid and some volunteers. Ours is still very heavy on the volunteer. So we, we have two paid guys that are on 24 hours a day and everybody else has to fill in because two, two guys can't, can't, can't cover every call or, or meet the needs of every call. Or then if you have more than one call going on at the same time. So uh, we're very, very heavily reliant on, on our volunteers. How do you recruit your volunteers? Like, do uh, so actually my, my wife is head of the membership committee and she's uh, very, has a very strong role in, in the recruitment. Um, so we, we do have some stuff, um, uh, a couple of things online, I think through the National Volunteer Fire Council, um, they, they have some options there for you to be able to find your local fire department. Um, and, but most of it is gonna, is kind of word of mouth, finding the right people, because it, for people to respond to emergencies, uh, it, it does kind of take a certain mindset and a, and a type of person to do it. Um, not everybody's able to actually work in all those environments and, and be effective. So, uh, a lot of it is word of mouth, but if somebody just drives by and they say, you know what, I want to go volunteer, uh, we do have a process of, you know, uh, kind of vetting them and initiating them and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, then there's a probationary period of either works out or not. Okay. So that kind of leads me into the uh, kind of the article that I read, because you're published. Uh, I know you have at least two articles. And the one that caught my attention is the T-shirt volunteer. First, I want you to explain what that means to our listeners, because maybe not everyone's familiar with that term. Yeah, that and then share how your how your department um, is like. How do you make sure that your firefighters are not t-shirt volunteer <laughs> firefighters? Can you go so, into that a little bit? <laughs> sure. Um, so the uh, the the term t-shirt firefighter is in kind of an industry term for firefighters. Uh, we call those guys who come and they volunteer. They get a t-shirt and you never see them again. Those are the those are the the, the t-shirt firefighters. So, um, unfortunately, that a lot of people when they they read media, they read the headlines and that's it. So, <laughs> if you look at a lot of comments on the article, they didn't read the article. They said, "Oh, I don't care what they're wearing; they're coming to help." Um, and, and it definitely wasn't a negative article for volunteers. I've been a volunteer for almost fifteen years. Um, so, the, the the article was about us doing our part, and and really, any of us can kind of fall into a t-shirt firefighter role anyway, if there's something that, that we're, we're not doing our part in, right? So we have, as firefighters, we do have to be well-rounded and everybody has their strengths, but we got to be able to work everywhere. So if we're not working on our weaknesses and able to be effective in our weaknesses, then we can make something unsafe for someone else. Or maybe if it's our turn to step up to on some kind of emergency, and we're not able to do it, then our community is missing. Um, so the, the big thing about the, the, the t-shirt firefighter article was um, where the process comes from. You know, have we actually created it as leadership, not doing our part, allowing it that, you know, and that, that, that was the big thing of it was, and, and also not, you know, some people may come in uh, with a lot of enthusiasm and through the programs that that department has, they may end up becoming a t-shirt firefighter. They get comfortable in doing almost nothing. So our uh, eighth ward volunteer fire department is very heavily reliant on the volunteers, and we have a complete training program to bring you up to our standards. Um, and if you want to, we're going to get you internationally certified. Um, but you have many departments out there that are the opposite; they're uh, they're not very reliant on their volunteers, and mainly on their pay guys 
And unfortunately, there's there's a number of them that don't develop a program for the volunteer. They just say, you can become a volunteer, but then they don't give them any direction to go once they get there. So they're just another pair of hands to use. And that's uh, that, that can be really ineffective, especially when there's such an opportunity. Um, one of the biggest resources that we have as volunteer firefighters is people. So now you have a person coming out to be a volunteer, but you're not using them. You don't actually get them to be a, a uh, you know, a full effective member, they're just another pair of hands. Uh, and that can really be unsafe, but it, it also doesn't help you in increasing your efficacy and actually giving better services to you. The community I grew up in, um, we had a completely 100% volunteer fire department. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm familiar with that and the dedication that those volunteers had all hours of the day and night. Some sure. of them had to be available to go. And uh, I remember like, yeah, they had their lights in their vehicles when they're going to the firehouse. Like you just, you moved over because they had something important to do. That's right. You would, you would hope you would be surprised at how often that doesn't happen. But. <laughs> okay. Um, so the, uh, the hours that they undergo the training, are they, are the volunteers trained to the same level as a career or are there differences? There's like, they're only so far a volunteer can go before they become career. So um, it depends on, depends on the state and it depends on the department. Um, so the, the, the standards for training should be the same because you're providing the same service and the community has the same needs. Um, so when you're, when you're graded, I said, uh, you know, like different departments are graded, right? And it can affect your insurance. So in Louisiana, you're actually graded by insurance companies. So it's a little bit of conflict difference, in my opinion. You know, you have the people <laughs> that are grading you are the ones who are also that you have to pay, right? But, um, right. but everyone is graded the same. So it's on the amount of service that you're able to provide. Um, so for firefighters, uh, the, the basic certifications is you, you do have to have a hazmat certification. And um, then you're able to go on your firefighter certification. And um, all of the uh, uh, standards are going to be the same for those, for the volunteer guys or the paid guys in Louisiana. Uh, they do have a couple other states where they have a volunteer firefighter certifications, but I'm not familiar with them. So the, Louisiana, they're exactly the same. And NFPA, they're exactly the same. And NFPA is going to be one standard that everybody can look at and say, okay, this is a standard and that's what it goes off of. Okay. Pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So you've so, got guys that are doing this for free and they gotta they gotta do all the same training as as the other guys that are getting paid to do it. It's and like I said, over 300 hours to get started. That's a commitment. That <laughs> is a commitment. A commitment. <laughs> yeah, you're just not like, oh, on a whim, I think I'm gonna go help with this. No, you gotta <laughs> you gotta really want to do it. Absolutely. So my question for you is what motivates you? to serve your community in such an intense way? Like, why? Well, I think there's a lot. So I, I, I did like growing up, I did some volunteer with um, like Boy Scouts and church. And uh, when I was in uh, junior RTC in high school, um, but I also did, I didn't grow up in a very wealthy family. So there was a lot of times when my family was the recipient of charity or volunteerism and things like that. And uh, I think I just got very fond of it once I started doing it and fell in love with it and said, you know what? This is something that I'm good at. I can give back to my community that's in a that's in a deficit for these services, and I want to be able to provide it. Um, now another thing that's continued to motivate me again, it, it can be hard because it's a second job. When you you know, there's been times 
recently I've been in school for the last three years and I had two jobs, you know, and school and, <laughs> and trying to manage my responsibilities at a volunteer fire department. So it can be a lot. Um, but having, uh, having my, my wife as part of it is a lot. Um, like there's a lot of times when it's just kind of like, Hey, we're, we're the team, you know, you and me against, against the world and we're going to go out there and do it. Um, so that's kind of a beautiful thing being able to merge that second family with right. your, your, your first family. Yeah, <laughs> your first. I, absolutely. Um, you know, my kid loves it up there. He's all about being a firefighter. So I don't know if he's going to be one or not, but, uh, whatever he wants to do, we'll support him. But, um, he, you know, he always says he wants to be a firefighter. I'm really happy with that, but, um, <laughs> I really like being able to, being able to provide services to these people that they wouldn't regularly get. Cause if you call 911, somebody's got to come pick. You know, and you want someone, you expect someone to show up and they're going to fix your problem. Um, so being able to build people up to be able to make that response is really important. So I, I, I've really found a lot of enjoyment in being the instructor and being able to help people change and grow and develop into those effective uh, emergency people who can come out there and solve those problems. I like that. I like your motivation. <laughs> now your blooper. <laughs> now the blooper. Okay. Now the blooper. All right. Blooper. So please, please share a volunteering blooper and what you learned from it. Absolutely. <laughs> so the day before we were going on a cruise, we had a large, uh, a large structure fire. And um, at some point on that structure fire, so um, I actually believe I may have been the first one there. So I was the incident commander for the call. Um, <laughs> um, my, my wife was uh, shuttling water, which means she was taking a truck, going to get more water and coming back because we didn't have availability of a hydrant close by that we could connect to and use that for water. Um, so <laughs> at one point, someone told her to go get more water and uh, she didn't realize that she wasn't disconnected yet. And um, so her, the hose on her truck was connected to a truck that I was standing next to. And uh, that, that, that hose pinned me against that fire truck for, for a few seconds before the hose decided to fail. So, <laughs> so we, we, we went on vacation with uh, me limping on the first day. <laughs> it was a but uh, it, was, it was good. That was our first cruise. It was, it was fantastic. And uh, she'll never live that down. So. <laughs> All right. So what'd you learn from that? What did I learn from that? Oh, yeah. Don't stand between a hose and a fire truck, I guess. That's a pretty there rare thing for that specific occasion to happen. But <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Here comes the part of the interview. I want you to love on the 8th Ward Volunteer Fire Department. Just love on them. Absolutely. Look, we got a lot of great guys. Um, there's dedication from both our volunteers and from, uh, and from all of our paid guys. Okay. Um, I know a lot of times people will say, hey, look, I'm going to show up at the fire department and uh, somebody's sitting up on a couch. Well, you know what? He might have been up all night long. <laughs> you know, he, he literally might have been up for 24 hours before you saw him sitting on the couch. And, um, you know, it, it can it can be a lot. But um, look, we, we have a, a chaplain over there who's uh, he's growing a program as well um, to. Uh, we have an extremely dedicated chaplain. It's the only one I've seen in the region like this. So if we have any very bad calls, um, he wants to contact that family. He wants to do his part that he can. If we have any issues with emergency responders, he wants to do his part on that. He's developing a, uh, a, a, a regional team to help with um, the, the stress of emergency services. That's a very unique thing that he's doing. Um, is a really, really great guy. If we had more of that, 
this, you know, this industry would be all the better. Um, all the officers, except for the fire chief, is, are, are all volunteer. Uh, but we have two assistant chiefs that are, heck, it's like a, a second full-time job for those guys. Not even a second part-time job. And, uh, you know, one, one of them's already working full-time, and so he's got two full-time jobs, right? Um, you know, uh, all, all the captains are, are a volunteer position. Um, you know, we have some dedicated guys who were just starting, and we have other guys who've been there for, for 20 years. Um, but um, with our community growing, I do feel like it's, um, it's kind of hard to keep that close-knit community like we used to have when you had people who've been living in the same area as families for like a century, right? And now you got people that are moving in that are new. Um, so I think one of our, our, our struggles is connecting with all the new people that are coming in and just letting them know, hey, we, this is who we are, you know, and they can know about us before they, they have to call now. Yeah, That's we got awesome. a really great group of guys over there, very dedicated. Um, it's a big sacrifice, <laughs> but uh, it can often be worth it. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that you do what you do. I'm glad the the fire department that I grew up with did what they did. Yeah. Um, it, well, you you definitely you see people on. Um, unfortunately, usually when the fire department is showing up, it's it's a bad day or maybe someone's worse. But um, you have some very beautiful people out there who are struggling to respond to that and to make that day even this much better. Um, you know, and and sometimes it can be monotonous and it can be hard. Uh, like when you're getting up at three o'clock in the morning again and go to the same house for someone who just has fallen and needs help getting up. But uh, that person doesn't have another option. You know, you are, it's an emergency to them because they, they, they can't get up. You know, what would you do if you were stuck on the ground, right? You want someone to come help you. Um, and then you catch people on really, really bad days. Like it's, you know, loss of a family member or something like that. And, um, you know, it, it can take its toll on you, but, there's um, very, very often a lot of rewards that, that come with it. So you see it all. You see the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yep. The good, bad, and yep. the ugly. Absolutely. <laughs> and unfortunately, sometimes that good and bad can, can take its toll for a while. And, um, you know, but whenever, whenever you see that, that good, it's, it's such a unique experience, you know. And I'll, I'll say this, most emergency responders uh, will often not recognize how much of an impact that they have on other people. Like, for example, that person who's fallen, they just need help getting up, right? You may never understand how appreciative they are that someone was able to come pick them up. Well, thank you for being our guest today on The Art of Volunteering. We have, I truly appreciate this time having a glimpse into uh, what volunteer firefighters and EMS officers and all the other hands that uh, support the community, what they do. Uh, more than what I probably put thought into growing up to what the families who, who were the volunteer firefighters in my home community. So thank you for that. Absolutely. So I will see you next time on The Art of Volunteering. Have a great day.